Ah, welcome one and all to the Tuesday, January 16th, 2024 edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show, bringing that power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. And I've got a, a couple of amazing guests today. Um, first timers on the show, uh, first hour, uh, Dr. Sucharit Bhakti. Uh, I've been following this guy and what he's been saying, writing about for a long time, and I'm just so honored to have him on the show. He's going to talk about a frame shift that we need to undergo to see what's really happening and how to undo it, if it's at all possible. We're going to talk about the DNA contaminants of the COVID injections and a lot more. We've got questions of the day, a homeopathic hit today. Uh, it's an interesting remedy, a lot focused on sinus issues be some head issues, but weather-related symptom manifestation. Just That's your hint for the homeopathic hit of the day. Uh, uh, Murray Sabrin's going to join us in hour two, and he's a free market economist. Uh, I think he's a Ron Paul kind of guy, but he's got the economies of healthcare wellness, focus on transformative solutions. There's going to be an event with our good friend, uh, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, Dr. Jack, and IPAC in that regard. So we've got a lot of good stuff to do on the show. Questions of the day, as I said, and more. So come on over to robertscabell.com slash listen. If you're not already there, there's a live chat room at the website or the various social media places where we're not banned. So thanks for being here. Say hi from wherever you are. Our first guest will be coming from Germany. It seems to be Deutschland week on the Robert Scabell Show. We're having a lot of folks join us from Germany. That should be interesting. So stick around. A lot more healing to go on the Robert Scabell Show after this. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Now, the voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell. All right, back at it, traveling around the world for all of the uh, in, incredible, if I would say, but very credible souls who are on a mission, a journey, not only to wake us up, if that is needed still, but to call it like it is, to spotlight it wherever it appears. What is that it? <laughs> well, here, of course, it's the things that threaten not only health, freedom, but your very health, your vitality, your livelihood and your life itself. And you know that if you've been with this show and on the show, watching the show, participating and sharing it for a long time, it isn't about necessarily banning things we don't like. But if you think about the things that you don't like and you find out they're actually deadly, isn't there sort of a moral, ethical, or even, dare I say it, constitutional obligation to go, you know, that doesn't belong on the market anywhere. <laughs> You know, it's an interesting question because we're freedom people here. We love freedom. We support and defend people who, who disagree with us. I do that all the time. But when it comes to the things that violate your, your right to life, liberty, and property, or your life itself, should we not be a little bit more vociferous and direct in discussing those things that threaten life, that bring impending doom, not because, oh, we disagree with, uh, you know, certain philosophies, but because it just is plain dangerous and there's no evidence for its safety, much less its reason for exist is only perhaps to depopulate the people of planet Earth. What am I talking about? 
Well, when uh, Dr. Sucharit Bhakti joins us from Germany in just a, just a minute, he'll tell you a little bit more about that and we'll have a good conversation. But first up, the article at robertscabell.com. There's a lot of things linked up in the show notes today, including an upcoming event Friday. We have a, a elite uh, performance type thing. If you are an athlete or want to be one, or if you're an armchair athlete, you want to be better. We'll talk about the ways to do that through oxygenation, through nitric oxide, et cetera. And that's coming up the key to elite performance. You can register online for free. And it'll be happening, uh, let's see, 7 o'clock Eastern time, uh, 4 o'clock Pacific time, Friday, January 19th, this very Friday. So I want you a heads up, share that. It's going to be very beneficial to you. And, uh, you know, I'm back in, in the kickboxing gym just about every day. I hadn't, in, over December and early January, I haven't been as consistent so I could feel the difference. But, man, two days back and suddenly today I'm like, I'm having a hard time getting back into the yellow zone again. Shout out to Cardio Miracle and nitric oxide production for that. So we're on top of the, the, the fitness regime again. But here is the reproductivity issue and recycling, uh, the, not recycling story, but cycling through this important story. The Defender is covering this over at Children's Health Defense. Um, and it says, remarkable, the headline reads, declines in fertility, sperm counts worldwide linked to industrial chemicals. Now, uh, I've been covering this issue for, well, this is my 25th year in broadcast healing. And it's not a new topic for us or for me. But what we see is a great acceleration in the decline of fertility, reproductibility, uh, reproducibility. So we ha are in a species uh, uh, dilemma in terms of replacement of those who die with new life that comes on to keep us going. And we're at a point, a real threatening tipping point to where we will not be able to replace the people that who are leaving us. And they're leaving us at an accelerated rate. I just saw another article uh, in England about the cardiac events, taking people out in unprecedented numbers, young people particularly, that never had this before. And of course, anybody with a degree of scientific or uh, intellectual integrity would say, well, it, it, the only thing really different is this mRNA technology injected into millions and hundreds of millions of people around planet Earth. And what was the basis for that? Again, big questions. We got some answers today. Fertility rates dropping. Um, it's been going on for a long time, but it's accelerated after COVID injections became something that they put out for young people everywhere. So I'll leave it at that because I want to spend the bulk of this hour, as long as he's got the time to be with me here, all the way from Germany, Dr. Sucharit Bhakti. He's been doing extraordinary work ever since, you know, the COVID craziness came out. He's got a book out. We have it linked up. It's called uh, Corona False Alarm Facts and Figures. He did that with, uh, I believe, his wife, Karina Rice. Uh, just, you know, what can I say? I, I don't want to belabor anything except that this guy's he's bringing it. And I'm grateful for him to be here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Please, all everybody, welcome Dr. Sucharit Bhakti to the show. Welcome and good evening in Germany. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm honored to have you. You have done extraordinary work uh, for a lot of years that I've been following you since the uh, we learned about you during the COVID craziness. And you pointed out some inconvenient facts about what was happening and probably didn't win you a lot of fans within the medical or scientific fields, at least initially. Initially, no, but in the meantime, many, many, many around the world, um, tens of thousands, if not even hundreds of thousands, scientists and doctors uh, are saying the same thing. And I believe in America, the US, 17,000 medics and scientists have signed uh, the declaration that all RNA injectables 
need to be stopped on the spot. We've only had one uh, Surgeon General in Florida, Dr. Uh, Latipo, who we've had on the show, and he's coming back on Friday, I believe, say, yeah, indeed, just as you have said, that this needs to be stopped. And as I point out, the dilemma for some is like, we love freedom here. We really respect and appreciate people's freedom to disagree and go about their life differently. But when it comes to a product that is so outright dangerous and even deadly, how do we defend freedom and say, well, you, you're free to choose that? I mean, I guess that's a promotion of suicide at that point. Yes. And I must say that, you know, I'm a U.S.-born Thai citizen. I came to Germany later. I was proud of being U.S.-born up to 2020. Now, I'm glad that I never accepted the U.S. Uh, citizenship. I was offered it. And I said, no, this was instinct many years ago. And now I'm so glad that I said, no, I'm ashamed for the Americans. I'm ashamed for the people who I used to be proud of. I used to be proud to have been born US born, you know, my mother and father. My mother was uh, the first Thai woman to uh, um, graduate from a foreign medical department. Uh, department, and that was Johns Hopkins, which is leading the world to its doom right now, Johns Hopkins. And she was an amazingly good doctor. She taught me so many things in my childhood. My father was um, uh, the first secretary at the Thai embassy in Washington uh, at, during, during World War II. So I have, I have roots in America. I have lots of American friends. And I tell them, I feel ashamed for you. And I'm proud of Florida. I am proud of Florida. I am proud of Texas. Because as I've heard, Texas is suing Pfizer. Great. Mm -hmm. These are the guys that once made America what it was. And I am ashamed of the FDA, the CDC, the NIH. I am absolutely flabbergasted. I'm, 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 I, have, I have no words to express uh, my disgust for them, my disgust. These are criminals. These are sci scientists and criminals, just as Fauci is one of the greatest criminals in the history of mankind. Bill Gates, of course, I have no words to express my feelings for, or Klaus Schwab, uh, this German-born fellow who, 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 who is leading a syndicate and, uh, and enslavering the world, enslavering the world. And the trouble is, you see, that uh, these so-called vaccines, uh, the gene-based vaccines, um, are so fraudulent. I mean, every, everything about them is bad. And it was never based on any science whatsoever, except maybe criminal science. Either the science was criminal to begin with, or it was fraudulent, or both. And I'm afraid it's both. So that's why, you know, uh, it's now been almost four years, three and a half years ago, right at the beginning in March 2020, uh, we stood up, my wife and I, to, to, to 
tell the world that something very, very wrong and fishy was going on and that nothing that these guys were seeing made any sense whatsoever to anyone with an elementary medical education. And the fact that our own colleagues and scientists were unable to perceive this has been one of the most, well, devastating recognitions that I've made. I'm retired now, you know. I, I taught this subject for almost 40 years. Uh, I chaired the Department of Medical Microbiology and Infectious Diseases at uh, one of the biggest universities in Germany. So I know what I'm talking about. I really do. I taught this. And the guys who are now bringing doom onto you and us were my students. I mean, it's my student generation. All right. So that's what I have to say. Well, it's a lot. It's heavy, too. I mean, I, I'm American born and I love the, uh, the principles upon which this nation was founded. But I am very disgusted with the abandonment of those principles and, of course, the capturing of our government and, our, and its agencies and much of the West by a pharmaceutical industrial complex that could only be described as Luciferian or demonic. It's in, in its intent, even if it has a small bit of value and important value in certain realms of emergency medicine and interventions in life-saving uh, circumstances. But beyond that, the application of that methodology has proven to be an abject failure, to poison people back to health is an oxymoron. It's an absurdity. I agree entirely with you. But uh, the one thing that, that is emerging now is that, uh, uh, terrifyingly enough, uh, the U.S. armed forces seem also to be involved, and the CIA. You know, and this is something that, 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 that horrifies me. It horrifies me because they are so powerful. They've got the money, they've got the military power, they've got uh, power over all the media. That's why anyone who gets up and tries to explain the situation and the direlessness, I mean, this is, you, you said it, uh, people are being killed. They're being killed every day around the world. And um, if, if they don't realize this soon, it's going to be too late. It is already too late, almost. For many, yes. Uh, Dr. Baki, I want to ask you about the, you know, not only the seriousness of it, but also the reason it happened, perhaps, the explanation for some of it, because I think most folks, whether it be here in America or Germany or otherwise, don't want to harm other people. They don't wake up in the morning thinking of plots and schemes to how they can eliminate population. Some do, I guess. But the naivete of many of us to believe that if we don't think that way, no one else would has made us vulnerable to these deceptions that we have accepted, not me or you particularly, but have accepted this idea that we, in order to, to, to save the world, we must inject something that will end our lives. Yes, but you see, uh, the trouble is uh, that uh, hardly anyone realizes what is behind all of this. I never uh, realized what was going on until about two and a half years ago when things dawned on me and when my peers and also uh, the elder generation, even older than me, were telling me about what was really going on. And um, I believe them now. So what I'm telling you now is not something that 
has emerged from my mind or brain, but what has come from the study of history and the literature and also what has been going on the past 100 years or 150 years. And the fact is that uh, in every stage of history, almost, uh, the elite, the select elite of a country uh, would, uh, would become, lead the country to become predators over others. So in the colonial times, of course, it's the Western world um, that went out, colonized the whole world, and they were the predators. And so they, uh, uh, they accumulated the wealth and uh, the property of, of, of the others. We, the Thais, were the only nation in Asia that was never colonized. And I was told, you know, but that was not our doing. It was all political, okay? Um, but we were fortunate. The others were not as fortunate. And uh, then what happened was that the wealth of the world, uh, which was coming from these countries, uh, served to make the richer countries even richer. Of course, wealth accumulation in the West. Uh, and in the West, the wealth went, of course, to the topmost, but also remained in the middle and on the bottom for the rest of the population. So everyone gained. Um, and of course, then you had the uh, the opium industry, uh, the right. You had the sugar industry. You had the slave industry. Uh, then you had the gold and silver and all these precious metals. And they they were going around the world, moving from 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 the poor countries to the rich countries. And this is, is well known. And. Uh, at the same time, however, uh, the elite of the countries themselves, uh, in in the past forty years, started to realize that um, uh, the people that they were preying upon, the others, uh, were starving to death. Okay, they, they they were losing everything. They were not able to give any more uh, to the extent that they needed. I mean don't talk about oil or anything, just talk about what we mentioned before. And the fact was that uh, the elite was then uh, becoming predators on their own people. So the fact is that America, uh, the richest country in the world, is that true? But in fact, only 0.1 or 0.1% of the Americans are really rich. And they are the richest. But 99.9% .9 of the Americans belong to the poorest of the civilized nations, as are the 99% of the Germans. The Germans are way down in the social ladder of Europe. It's just that they don't know it. They don't know that they are now penniless. Half of the Germans are in debt, okay? Um, so what... The problem was then, was that uh, the Americans, uh, the English, Dito, look at England, devastating. Uh, everything's you know on the ground. 
they're losing out. Germany's not going to exist anymore in a few years, all right? So uh, they had nothing to take from their own people anymore. This is really ridiculous. They had nothing to take from their own people, so they had to turn to the rest of the world and say, okay, rest of the world, you're on now. And we're going to take away everything from the poorest. They will starve to death. They will be killed, all right? But that's necessary because what else are we going to live off? And that's why they're going to go for digital currency, no more money floating around, no one will, 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 will own anything. Uh, you are going to lose everything you have anyway, uh, and you will be happy. And that, this is where, where we're, we're going. The WEF has said this. I mean, it's, it's, it's all been announced. And if America does not stand up and listen to what those guys have been saying they're going to do, it's your own damn fault. Yeah. Your own damn fault. Because there's one possibility to stop this, and this is you. Don't look around for people to help you. There's no one who's going to help you. And realize that this vaccination is part of the program of reprogramming the whole world because they need these vaccines. They need these gene-based uh, murderous substances that don't only murder you and kill you, they alter you, they change you, they change your mind, your brain, they cause you to become non-human. And this is what we are witnessing around the world. People are losing their personality, losing their will, power, losing their humanity. They're not able to feel as humans anymore because, and we're out in the middle of the subject right now, what people have to realize is something that we said right at the beginning. I said this in June 2020, and we wrote this in the book that you have just been shown, which appeared in October 2020, and predicted that these gene-based so-called vaccines, which they are not, are going to cause destruction, clogging of blood vessels in the whole body. And we were worried that it would be the small vessels that were going to be clogged. And if a vessel in your brain is clogged, those cells that are being fed by the blood that comes to them are going to die. This is what's happening. They're going to die. And dead brain cells can never renew themselves. They are gone forever. You are gone and lost forever. And we said this in October 2020. Now, this book, Corona False Alarm, appeared in October and was the translation of the German book that had come out four months earlier in June. In the German book, we did not write about the vaccination because we did not think that this damn vaccination would ever become reality. But then we heard in June that this 
ex-woman who used to be so, the so-called chancellor, but she was the destroyer of Germany. Merkel is, is her name mm -hmm. still. She said in a TV talk, this pandemic will end when we have the vaccine. And then we jumped up, my wife and I. This story, by the way, uh, has been retold in my autobiography that has appeared. It's only in German, but those of you who understand can read German uh, would probably be entertained because I, I've written all these stories down in there of how things came to be. So when, when this woman said that, my wife and I jumped up and said, my God, uh, it's true. She really means it. She must be in with the planners because, you know, only a, a very small select group of people in the world, I don't know how many thousands there are, but there are not many thousands, have planned all of this for the last 40 or 50 years. That's as long as it's been going on. And the others, they are the puppets, the marionettes. They've been bought or they've been blackmailed or they've been um, yeah, bought blackmailed or threatened. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, if they don't comply, uh, then they're in bad shape, okay? You know, I'm also on trial <laughs> for anti-Semitism. <laughs> yes, I'm going to have to, go, I'm going to be in court uh, in a few months answering these, you know. Well, anyway, but that's, a, that's another story, not so important. Um, but then, 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 then what happened was that this, we wrote this book, we translated the German into the English, and we added the chapter on the vaccines. And we, we wrote there that these vaccines are going to kill people. And we wrote there that uh, thrombotic events will probably be the first thing that is going to be noticed. You know, that book went off very well in America, England, and all around the world. But six weeks after its appearance, Amazon took it down. It was taken down and could not be bought anymore. And so my publishers asked, what's going on here? And you know, the reason they gave, it is a threat to the US national security. That was the reason. And that was the first time I said, oh my God, US, who is in charge of that? It's the US army armed forces, right? And that's how the whole thing unfolded uh, before our eyes within the next year. Okay. Sutrad Bhakti, I so much appreciate you relating these things, although my concern is that people walk away from this message, uh, uh, you know, and say, oh, it's all doom and gloom and I've got nothing I can do. There's, it's hopeless. We're all going to die. You know, I don't want to leave people with that. I recognize the seriousness uh, with which you discussed this and have brought this out as, as I do and relate all of the time as well. But the resistance, I argue, is necessary, is not futile. Those who have not taken the injection are still Absolutely. standing I, at... I, I, I concur entirely with you, and I'm not, I'm not spreading the word of doom to everyone now. Uh, I, let me give you words of hope. First of all, uh, thanks to the very, very um, uh, inadequate control of the 
manufacture processing of these vaccines, you can be sure that, well, a large number of batches are not active. Okay, it's like, it's like a machine that was built that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Now, how this has come to be, we don't have to discuss. I just want to tell you that it's a fact. There are batches that don't do anything or do very little because uh, the gene packaging doesn't work. And I don't have any numbers to support this statement, but I would guess that at least half of the batches that have been injected were never were never uh, going to be able to kill you. Maybe it was 70%, all right? Maybe it was even 80%. Thank God, thank the Lord. Uh, the second thing is that um, there are many roads to Rome and there's many roads to injury. Some will read, lead not only to injury, but to severe uh, disablement and death. But those are probably not the majority. Let us hope. I, I, can't, I can't promise you this. So that if uh, you do not belong to those unfortunate, not few, those unfortunate people, what you should do is uh, get down on your knees and thank the Lord. And never let yourself be injected another time. Never, ever in your life. If you do that, I will have no pity for you. And remember that the human being is very resilient. And we can we can really... Uh, we can overcome most illnesses in life. And so will it be with these injections unless they hit the brain or the heart. And then you're in a bad way. All the reproductive organs, okay? Then you're in a bad way. Or if they um, cause tumors, cancer, then you're in a bad way. Sorry, but... Um, for the rest of us, there's still enough time and there's still many billions of people on this earth, all right, who are not lost and who do not have to be lost. And I am, I'm relieved to say, and I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm joyous uh, to see that there are countries and nations that are standing up to say no, to say no to these perpetrators. In America, it all started in America. Make no mistake, it all started where you are. Um, And these people are saying no. The WHO is in the midst of everything. It's, you know, that's their uh, spear that they're using. The spearhead is the WHO, the FDA, the CDC, but there are countries who say no. And as you probably realize, you know, those countries are big countries. So Russia is saying no. I'm not a great friend of Russia, you know, but I think it's good that they're saying no. China, I don't know what China is doing. I'm not a great friend of China, but I'm relieved that they're also saying no. India 
seems to be starting to say no. And um, Southeast Asia is standing up now. And let me tell you one thing that you may not know. Uh, three days ago, Thailand became the first country, I think in the world, where the university, main university of Thailand, Bangkok, uh, uh, let it out in the mainstream, newspapers and TV, that these vaccines are deadly dangerous. And they are now considering, uh, I, I'm trying to push them to nullify those contracts with Pfizer mm -hmm. BioNTech. Exactly. And, yeah. Nullify those contracts and demand the money back and give that money to the victims of this damn shot, okay? Um, you heard that Florida has stood up now, and I hope it's going to do the same. Mm -hmm. Texas is doing the same. So we are not without hope. Join well, them. There are many of my fellow countrymen here in America that have said no, that are standing up against this tyranny. But some say it's a little too little or a little too late. I'm not willing to give up. And I know that you're not with that message, even though it sounds depressing <laughs> to hear it. We must be realist in recognizing the damage that has been done. And, and we're witnessing all around us. People are dying at rates that they've never have died, especially younger people uh, post-injection. Uh, so uh, we're not naive about that. But I'm also not willing to uh, give up on the the origin, the goodness at the the heart of America that has been abandoned. We have not lived up to those high ideals. I acknowledge that. I can self-efface and look at my own country and say, man, we really we really suck the eggs on that one. Uh, yet there is uh, oftentimes a movement only when it becomes so uncomfortable that you're willing to stand up and say, I'm willing to fight for the principles that I believe in. And that is, you know, the, the freedom to not be abused or assaulted by those who have captured our government, those who have captured our agencies and those who have even exported some of this horrible evil around the world. Uh, I look at as well, um, you know, the, as you described the wars, the colonizations that have occurred for centuries, perhaps the history of all of humanity has been rife with that. I look at that as a spiritual crisis. You know, the, the crass materialism, the always the, the we want to conquer. We want to have more stuff versus the uh, inward journey for fulfillment. Uh, that's not to say a desire to live a good life is, is wrong in and of itself. But when you have to enslave others or destroy others to do that, that's a fundamental violation of, of you know, some human dignity, much less the rights that we're given by God beyond any governmental organization, agency or institution. So uh, it is a real crisis around the world. And there's a crisis here in America, of people realizing how far we've gone or, or, or abandoned and how much those in our government have taken us away from those founding principles that defended the dignity of life and as well defended the rights that come to us by virtue of our very existence, not only here in America, but for those that exist anywhere else in the world. So it's, it's not a small task uh, that, that are, is ahead of us, but the longer we wait, the harder it gets, I believe. Of course, I'm completely with you in every respect. Uh, but what, I'm, what I feel is that uh, many people have stopped waiting. And uh, this gives us some uh, hope, um, some reason to hope. Um, what, I, what I try to say here in Europe is that the most recent developments and um, discoveries 
uh, really put the lid on the top. Because, you know, two discoveries are out now. First, that these uh, vaccines, the RNA vaccines, contain bacterial chromosomes. Bacterial chromosomes. Uh, and bacterial DNA uh, at levels that are absolutely, absolutely forbidden. You don't do this because uh, it, it is known that when packaged in these special envelopes, which are called lipid nanoparticles, which are used to, uh, to, to transport the RNA, the DNA will also be transported. And this means that the foreign DNA, DNA of bacteria, mind you, bacteria, enters human cells. And now what that can provoke, you can write books about. We don't have to go into it, but it changes the human genome. The genome is the total of genetic information in a cell. If a cell takes up foreign genetic information, the genome is altered. And you, your cell, and your cells that take this up are no longer really human. So uh, this is, uh, you become a genetically modified organism. Now we know all the discussion that has been going on in the world about are we going to let uh, genetic modified organisms be, be used in, 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 in animals, in plants. Now I'm telling you that the moment you inject people with these vaccines that are contaminated with bacterial DNA, you're causing them to be genetically modified. How this occurs, where this occurs, is absolutely immaterial. But you're not allowed to do that. Not even Fauci is allowed to do that. Not the WHO, not the CDC, not the FDA. No one in the world is allowed anyone to alter your genome or the genome of anyone you, you know. It's not allowed. This is, a, this is an act that should take each and every person to jail for life. It's, you know, you, you don't have this in the international legal books because no one has ever... This crime has never been committed before. Now it's been committed millions, hundreds of millions of times. So this is not the time to just sit down and twiddle your thumbs about it. And the second thing uh, that really should end the story right now, after this hour, is the discovery that was published on the 6th of December last year, which showed that the modified vaccine RNA, the, you know, the, 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 the genetic code is composed of only four letters, could be A, B, C, D, okay? Three letters in a row encode one amino acid, which is a building block of a protein. So you can have A, B, C, as that goes through the factory, the first building block is put in front. Then you have DAB, the second building block is pushed to the front and is locked together with the first.
And thus you get your string of building blocks, one after the other. And there are 20 different building blocks, 20 different amino acids, like pearls of different colors, 20 different colors, that are strung up. And according to the pearl, colors of the pearls, you have different proteins, right? Now, the mRNA that is being used to inject into your body encodes the string of pearls that is the spike protein. It is, doesn't, doesn't matter which protein it is. It's, 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 it's a foreign protein, a protein that does not belong to you. And uh, these, these terrible guys, these perpetrators, these criminals who thought up all of this. And by the way, the Nobel Prize was, was awarded for this, you know. They said, okay, uh, we will turn you into the factory that makes the protein against which your immune system fights. Um, either they were entirely ignorant to the fact that the immune system, your immune system, the immune system of your children, your baby, the moment it's born, immediately recognizes any protein string of pearls that is not encoded in your own chromosome, in your genome. And this was so flabbergasting. That's why we wrote the book. We said, don't you understand? Don't you know that that these cells that make these foreign proteins are bound to be killed by your immune system, by the immune system of your child, okay? That's why you know, children are dying, babies are dying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so straightforward and clear. And what you said is young people are dying. But I tell you, Elder people are also dying. It's just that you don't realize it. Because if someone is already 70 and he dies, he says, oh, well, he was 70. But 70 is not an age to die nowadays. It's not. You look at the people who are dying uh, when they're 60 now. There have never been so many dead 60-year-olds before. Never. 50s and 40s, yeah, we're hitting it younger and younger as a point out. But to your point as well, yes, even our elders are dying prematurely. No doubt. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Now, let me finish this thing about the frame shift. Because what these guys who got the Nobel Prize did was uh, to make, uh, to make uh, this message, the RNA message, uh, composed of the, the, the different letters strung together, uh, more efficient. They exchanged one letter. They, they put in one letter. It was a C, let's say. So you have A, B, C, D. These are the four letters. What they did is they replaced the C with a C sharp. So it was A, B, C sharp, D. A, B, C sharp, D. A, B, C sharp. D, A, B, C sharp. And sometimes they would have C sharp, C sharp, C sharp. Okay? Three in a row. Three Cs. And what was discovered, wonderfully enough, it was wonderful. When I read this paper, I stood up and clapped and said, thank God, now it's out. The C-sharp reading 
the C sharp message, especially if they come together, C sharp, C sharp, C sharp, which encodes one amino acid, one pearl. Sometimes one slips out and so it's not read. And what happens is that if the code was C sharp, C sharp, C sharp, D, that code is changed to C sharp, C sharp, D. This is called a frame shift because the next pearl starts with A, B, C sharp, okay? Maybe. And this leads to a wrong pearl being put into the chain. And the wrong pearl put in the chain means it's no longer the protein which is supposed to encode for. What can be the consequences? Anything you want. The one consequence, however, will be that even more foreign proteins and fragments thereof are going to be produced, okay? And against each of these fragments, the immune system is going to react. And the wonderful thing about this paper that was published in Nature with 20 authors who all said, 20 world-renowned scientists said, we have found this, it is improbable that there will be any immunological consequences of negative yeah, because of this frame shift. Now, why did they say that? Because if you look at figure two of their own paper, they show that of the 20 people who were immunized with this RNA, these were human beings, okay? Five, 25% had autoreactive, autoaggressive, killer lymphocytes that would attack those cells that made the wrong product. And this is something that no one has been saying, although it's been known now for six weeks. And it's the first time I'm telling you that this paper at the same time tells us that they only looked at 20, but that's enough, because of those 25, had circulating killer cells that would immediately attack their own cells that were making those fragments because they are foreign. And so I you know I was telling Karina, my wife, this has got to be the end. It's got to be the end. They not only showed the frame shift, they showed that this frame shift would lead to the production of proteins that are going to be additional targets. So, my God, what more do you want? I now, could go talking about cancer and all that, but yeah. I don't think time is going yeah, to Yeah, we're going to run out of time here, Sutra, but we'd have you back if you'd, if you'd come back again uh, to talk further about this. Um, right. If I was to interpret what you just said, and I want to be sure I'm clear because, um, you know, I could be misinterpreting, and that means that people in our audience could be as well. Are we talking about a positive response that could, could, could put a halt, like a natural response that would put a halt to this artificiality in terms of altering DNA protein synthesis, uh, or are we talking about a further delineation or degradation leading to even more problems? The frame shift. Yeah, the latter, the latter. Okay. Um, what is uh, happening is that out of one alien protein that is being produced, we're producing 10 or 20 alien proteins, each of which is going to be combated by the responsible 
immune clone. You know, our immune system is made of clones, clone wars. Mm -hmm. So you have, let's say, five clones that are going to attack cells that are making the spike protein. But if, in addition to the spike protein, you have fragments or other proteins that are also foreign, you get the next five clones that attack each of these. So in the end, you have a cell that is so massively attacked that you don't have to start to wonder why after every booster injection, people get sicker and sicker and sicker more and more quickly. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is what we're dealing with and, and, and we're witnessing some horrific atrocities. You're, you're calling them out and calling them by name. And I'm greatly appreciative of your directness. You had even said before we got on the air that these DNA contaminants are satanic. You didn't hold back. No, I don't think I have to. Uh, I think that everyone should realize that they are satanic. And that, I'm sorry to say this, the people who are doing this are also satanic. And if you don't stop them, they're going to kill you. It's, you know... Um, the, the, uh, WHO has already announced that uh, the intent with the CDC and FDA and all these guys is to put all, all vaccines on an RNA basis. Of course, they, they would yeah, love nothing more than to do that. Uh, and uh, They're doing that, it right now, under yeah. your nose, under your eyes. And the first vaccines are already being used yeah, against the flu, against RSV, and they have the first vaccines, so-called vaccines against cancer that are being used, they're all going to lead to the same thing. It has the spike protein, the corona spike protein is bad, but the others share the same property of, no. of, of inducing the immune system to kill the cells. Yeah. Um, Dr. Sutra Bhakti, we, we've got to... Uh, 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 conclude for today, but I would uh, invite you back on to, to do some follow-up. Also, for those that want to learn more about what you're doing, we have that linked up in the show notes today, including the book, Corona False Alarm, uh, as well, that you wrote with your wife. And uh, we've got many, many links. And we've talked about you before uh, you came on the show, even, you know, as you were observing and pointing out these things uh, to the world. And I appreciate that very, very much. These are difficult things to discuss, but they must be. They must be called out as they are and not, uh, uh, let's say, hide behind softening of the words because we're all concerned about being banned or uh, censored or deplatformed, which we have been. And yet we're still here. You're still here. And that's evidence that I think we're going to win this thing in the end. But what does that mean? It means we've got to come back to, I think, a real spiritual uh, grounding if that could be said, to Absolutely. recognize that this is a deep, deep um, battle that's been going on for the ages. And in order to counter it, it's not just a political response. That's often very superficial. But if we don't change from within and get connected to the source of all wisdom, of all healing, that is which created us all, uh, we're going we're gonna to fall short of the response needed to stop this and reverse it and then start moving forward so that we can flourish once again in freedom and respect and dignity. And uh, Sutra Bhakti, I appreciate all that you're doing to help us do that. I'm, all, I'm also very appreciative of what you're doing, and I'm completely with you. Thank you for having and me. And love to your wife as well. Perhaps we could get her on next time with you if you'd like and uh, meet her. She sounds wonderful. 
She is. All right. Well, have a wonderful evening. I know it's much later there in Germany, and thank you for being on live. This will go into podcast right. shortly thereafter and spread it around the world. This is an important, uh, you know, series of revelations that you're that you're communicating, and we'll do it again if you don't mind. All right. All right. Bye, Dr. Then. Dr. Talking on okay, the Robert Scott Bell Show. God bless you. May the blessings be. Uh, as we uh, wrap up the first hour, we do have a homeopathic hit. We have a question of the day as well, and I, uh, I think that one's worth replaying for sure. Uh, if you missed anything about it. Uh, and for those that uh, wonder why I didn't talk much at all, I didn't have much that I needed to say other than to allow him to communicate some of these things of great import. And I hope that you take them to heart and apply them in your life to help yourself and others, especially your family and kids uh, yet to even be here on this planet. What are we leaving for them? What are we creating for them? Uh, every decision we make is impactful on them before they even get here. Or if they're already here, what can we do? All right, we've got a question of the day. We've got a homeopathic hit of the day. Let's do the homeopathic hit so we can make, make time for it. We've got Murray Saber in an hour or two, so let's hit the homeopathy right now. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. You know, the much maligned medicine of homeopathy uh, really seeks to correct a lot of these things that we've been discussing as well. It's connected to, as chiropractors call it, innate intelligence, uh, as we call it, a vital force, a force that comes from the creator. And in this case, of course, it's counterintuitive because materialistic reductionism doesn't count on the fact that you can dilute and succuss, change or transform or release energy into water, for instance, to communicate to our body how to remedy a lot of things that have gone awry or wrong. Today, the homeopathic hit is dul dulcimera, dulcimera. And this is a remedy that has been utilized a lot for congestion, uh, sinus and other things. And it is a plant, as you can see. And I want to say thank you to Nutritional Frontiers, Foley and PX and Trinity School of Natural Health for their support to make these homeopathic hits possible so that we can give you a little bit of information and education on a system of medicine that needs to come back and become a mainstay both here in America and around the world, where in some places it is a mainstay, like India, even though it's been attacked there uh, during COVID, and we've covered some of those issues. So let's go into the PDF that you can download for free at robertscottbell.com. This is a remedy that is often related to weather shifts. If it's damp and cold and your symptoms get worse, that could indicate the use or the selection of this remedy called dul dulcimera or dulcimera. It's used for pains of the joints, the respiratory issues, skin eruptions, and sinus congestion as well. And its origin is the woody nightshade or bittersweet plant, Solanum dulcimera. And in homeopathy, we use it, of course, in a, in a highly dilute form, focusing on its potential to treat the ailments that are aggravated by just shifts in dampness and cold weather. Super Don, if you can scroll down for everybody to read along, um, here we have these. Um, key characteristics. And this is not comprehensive in a five-minute segment, but it's known for its efficiency in treating conditions like rheumatic pains, colds, bronchial issues, and flare-up that flare-up and worsen in damp, cold weather. Also, skin conditions like eczema, hives, even some ulcerations, exacerbated, made worse again by cold and dampness. Mentally, or maybe irritability or rest restlessness as well. Now, Primary uses, to reiterate, joint pains and rheumatism, particularly effective for rheumatic pains and stiffness that worsen in cold and damp weather. Respiratory issues in cases of colds, coughs, bronchial issues that are aggravated by dampness and cold. And skin eruptions like eczema or hives that flare up 
uh, with weather changes. Even uh, sometimes they call them herpetic lesions. That could be an indication for using this, this remedy, Dolcamera. Uh, low potencies regularly or frequently, 6X, 12X, 12C. If you want to go to the very high potencies, please consult a homeopathic doctor that can guide you in its in selection going into the very deep-seated chronic issues like that. There are some complementary remedies that fit well with dulcimera, dulcimera. Rust toxicodendron, you know about as the poison ivy plant. It's often used with dulcimera for joint pain, stiffness that worsen in cold and damp weather. Another great remedy, natrum sulfuricum, interestingly enough, is often indicated for respiratory conditions made worse in dampness. Uh, and it complements dul- dulcimera's action. Also, nat sulf, as you know, is the remedy for concussion, severe brain injury. But stick to pulmonera is another one because a lot of the focus is on the sinus congestion that you can't seem to get. Oh, it's stuck. It's dry, but it's it's impacted. And so this uh, stick to pull could be another complement to dulcimera. Remember, it's safe in its homeopathic form, but. If you're dealing with a serious non-self-limiting condition, please seek out the help of someone who can really help you. Hopefully it's a homeopath, but someone who's not going to poison you. Uh, And if symptoms worsen or persist, please seek out help uh, that's appropriate to you. Concluding here, dulcimera, valuable homeopathic remedy, particularly effective for treating conditions that worsen with damp, cold weather, including joint pains, respiratory issues, and skin eruptions. If you would, please keep tuning into and sharing this show for others that are wanting to be empowered with remedies that are truly not harmful and can only help you. And even if it's not appropriate for you, the beauty of homeopathy, it's not going to harm you, unlike taking an allopathic drug that can even in taken appropriately, if you will describe it as such, can kill you. So remember, these are informational, educational purposes only. They're not here to replace your doctor. But if you have or want a doctor, please ask them this one question before you hire them. How often do you have a bowel movement? And if they go less frequently than you, find another doctor because you know what they're full of. All right. So let's carry on. we got a question of the day to wrap up hour one here. And then we've got Murray Sabrin coming up in hour two. And Dr. Sucharid Bhakti, what an incredible soul on this planet. I'm so grateful to be on this planet while he's here as well. Um, This is from Bill. Thank you, guys. Not long ago, I believe I heard RSB say he's no longer a fan of the EMF products, such as the Key Me. Uh, When I checked the website, it said the EMF protection no longer exists. Is there any good coming from these devices or did I just waste my money? All right, Bill, I, I've never said you wasted your money. I have no problem with the effic- efficacy of the key Q, QI products. The problem is the man behind it and what happened, what he transformed or revealed himself to be as he attacked friends of mine as well. And so it isn't the product itself or the technology itself. It was I could no longer support the man who was behind it. And... Um, I can leave it at that. Just so you know, you did not waste your money, Bill, but I appreciate you asking about it. And one day I hope to find uh, an equivalent or even better product to bring to you because I can't do that. I can't bring these things out to you if I don't have some level of validation. And a lot of these EMF products are not validated at all. Uh, but if, again, if it's just a, uh, a placebo effect, that's better than nothing. Placebo is real. And it's better than poisoning yourself back to health, which is a virtual impossibility. In fact, it's an oxymoron, too. All right. We got a whole other hour of broadcast healing coming up, and we're going to talk about the economics of healthcare. It's another area which I have a, a lot of uh, uh, intense discussions about. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not invited to the table when it comes to uh you know, healthcare crises discussions. Why is medicine so unaffordable or healthcare so unaffordable? I'll tell you that in hour two, and I'm, I think Murray Sabrin will agree in a lot of ways, but he'll, he might take things even further than I will, and I'm looking forward to hearing from him on that. We also have other questions of the day, uh, and uh, one of them is about 
the interview from yesterday on home that when homeopathy dilutions were mentioned. So with that, let's take a pause, say thanks to our sponsors, and I'll uh, come back and mention them as well so that you know what keeps us going here. Health, freedom, and healing liberty is on the line always. And this is the place where I simply remind you that the power to heal is yours. All right, we got a lot to do this hour and, in fact, talk about the economics of healthcare. Uh, where does freedom play in our healthcare system in the United States of America, where I've argued we've been under uh, medical tyranny for a long, long time? The medical monopoly has you, or does it? What is the most dangerous thing I argue you can have in America? Really good medical insurance. We're going to hear from uh, Murray Sabrin in this hour about some of these economic issues and freedom issues related to healthcare. He's got a course that they're teaching over at IPAC ipac-edu.org with my friend James Lyons-Weiler, Dr. Jack, who will be with me at the Next Steps Conference. And I think, I'm not sure, is he also going to be with me at the American, what we got, the Autism Health Summit that Tracy Slepsevic is putting on February 2nd and 3rd in uh, San Antonio, Texas. So we got a number of events coming up. And uh, just prior to that, this very Friday, we've got the elite performance in terms of athleticism. Uh, Even if you're an armchair athlete, you'll want to join us on Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific for the key to elite performance, the oxygen connection. You want to unlock your fit potential and no goal is too big or too small. And yes, there's a typo. It should be T-O-O, but I didn't do it. (laughs) But anyway, it's there. And we've got uh, professional golfer, PGA champion as well, Keith Clearwater, along with uh, John and Jason Hewlett. So that's coming up. You can sign up for absolutely for free. And even if you can't make it live with us, if you sign up, you'll be alerted to the replay of that to learn about that performance that I enjoy so much excelling at at 57, darn near 58 now running circles around my 24-year-old self, no doubt. And uh, it only took me a couple of days back into the gym with the Cardio Miracle to get it back up to the point where you're having trouble getting me in the yellow zone again, (laughs) which again, that's the optimal zone, but my heart has become so efficient once again uh, with the uh, nitric oxide production. So we also got an upcoming event, uh, again, the, um, the Autism Health Summit, uh, we've got the Health Freedom Expo, the virtual version. Uh, everything that we did in October in Chicago or outside of Chicago will be available to you and then some. There'll be new uh, uh, things that are occurring, including another Health Freedom panel discussion that I'll be moderating with uh, Jonathan E. Mord, who you know is running for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine. And uh, he's he's going to win. We're going to get him there as well as, uh, well, many others. And there are other, uh, other events that are be occurring. 35 bucks gets you Three, three, three months of access. Dude, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Then we have a couple of events in Atlanta in March. The Warners have got the Wellness Expo as well, World Wellness Weekend. A lot of chiropractors are going to be there as well. And I uh, look forward to seeing you in Atlanta. And then that's the uh, 8th through the 10th of March. 14th through 17th of March, we'll be back in Atlanta area at Lake Lanier Islands Resort with Tia Severino and the third annual Next Steps Conference, next-steps.info. Uh, Please sign up and plan to be there. That's going to be an amazing uh, few days together as well. And then we have the RSB Family Reunion 2024, and that's at the Goody Farms Homestead in Joplin, Missouri. And that's where you'll actually learn homesteading techniques, uh, things that if you're a city slicker like I was, you didn't know at all growing up. 
and we need to learn them. Also, that's the same weekend as the Red Pill Expo with G. Edward Griffin. So there's a lot going on, and there'll be even more. So please sign up for the newsletter at robertscatbell.com. It's free. Uh, you can also uh, do it by texting my initials RSB to the number 66866. That's 66866. And that'll get you plugged into the newsletter. And just to let you know one more thing, our patron support group, Meets every month, a Zoom AMA. We get to see one another, help one another out. You can ask me anything. And that's uh, happening this month, the 24th, which is a Wednesday, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, after the broadcast on Wednesday, the 24th of January. Uh, just to get some a couple of other announcements out of the way so I can bring in Murray Sabrin just in a moment. Uh, the uh, the gratitude I have for Bob Warren and the Folium PX products. My mom's about to turn 90 90, you talk about, you know, people are losing their life at 60. What is that? What's going on? I think the COVID injection has a lot to do with a lot of the loss of life, unnecessary premature loss of life. And we need to help those people too. But my mom has been helped significantly by the Folium products, foliumpx.com, the Folium Immuno and Folium Relax. When she was fading, it brought her back and she danced the new year in in 2023, danced on her 89th birthday, January 29th. And she plans to dance at the party on the 28th of this month in Atlanta, which I'll be at. And I hope to see some of you of my Atlanta area friends and family to join us. If you'd like to let me know. Uh, also, shout out to Nutritional Frontiers. Big support. You guys, the products are amazing, including the, my two favorites just overall have been the uh, uh, super creatine to build up that lean muscle mass and the inner DMG, which is an incredibly important formula to counteract the ongoing glyphosate exposure, which you, you know, even I'm all organic and I, I can't say I'm free of exposure to glyphosate. That's what we're all dealing with. How do we counteract it? There are great supplements that Nutritional Frontiers has to help you. Nutritionalfrontiers.com. Use the code RSB15 to get a discount, 15% off even sale items. So you can double dip and they've got free shipping on online orders over 99 bucks. And that's saving a lot. You know how much shipping costs now? I just bought postage stamps. They're like up to 66 cents. Well, thank the Federal Reserve for that as well. Uh, also, uh, let's see what else we got to do. I think that's it. One quick mention here before we bring Murray into the mix. There's an article here uh, that I'd love for you to look further into. It's at the Environmental Health News. It's an op-ed about toxic chemicals in children's mental health. And, and Super Don's been on a tear about these uh, uh, nanoparticles, the plastics and things. And that's been increasing since the 1950s. And you can see, uh, you know, curves in alignment. And I'm not saying it's the only thing, but it is a significant part of the damage to the cellular metabolism. Uh, also, I think it's contributing greatly to uh, what gender dysphoria, gender confusion, in addition to a lot of other things, the vaccines that contain aborted fetal cells from both male and female babies. Um, and is that, you know, they never even looked into that potential. So there's a lot going on here. So when we talk about mental health, though, we go beyond that to the COVID injections now and what that's creating. The targeting of, of you know, our, our essential spiritual essence to be able to be that which you are here to be. And before there were COVID injections, of course, in the 1990s, we saw an explosion of things that were neurological damage issues caused autism spectrum disorders. And that was following the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which made a no-fault system so that you could not sue a manufacturer of vaccinations. They had complete liability protection from the injuries or deaths that they would cause. And therefore, the explosion of that schedule resulted in a lot of damage to those children that came here to do extraordinary things and were curtailed or limited in their experience here on planet Earth. So we got a lot to do, folks. One of the guys that's helping us do it better, I believe, and it's not just economics. I think he gets it on a very deep level, and I've followed his work for many years. 
I think he's also a, a kind of a Ron Paul guy, if I remember as well. And you know how, how we feel about that. Uh, there's a program coming up through IPAC. It's called the Eco- Economics of Healthcare and Wellness, Focus on Transformative Solutions. This is a 15-week course starting in January now through June. First meeting uh, is happening Wednesday the 24th, the same day we're going to do our AMA. So you can do one or both, and they're, they're all recorded. So even if you miss one, you can still do it. And Anthony Semroff, who's going to be here, uh, can't be here today, but Murray is, and he's participating in this along with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, our friend, Dr. Jack. So let's welcome Murray Sabrin to the Robert Scott Bell Show for the first time. Murray, welcome, my friend. Great to be with you, Robert. Appreciate the invite. Oh, I'm grateful to have you on board. We've watched you uh, numerous interviews over the years and appearances and uh, heard your lecture as well. And I'm just grateful for you to be here specifically now to talk about what you know of economics and how it plays a role in what we call the inability to afford what's called health care, which I argue doesn't exist in America. We have disease creation, disease management, monopoly machinery. And then they say the only thing you can use to address your ailments and illnesses and symptoms is what we've given you that caused those ailments and illnesses and symptoms. And it's like it's a monopoly and it's not going to get cheaper. Well, this is the problem that we've been facing for many decades in this country. Uh, I first got interested in health in quote healthcare. Uh, I guess more than 50 years ago, when a colleague of mine, when I was teaching in the intermediate school in the South Bronx, his brother-in-law was a phys ed teacher and who was really into vitamins and nutrition. And I spoke to him and he gave me some uh, ideas of supplements I should be taking to build up my immune system. And from there, I started reading Prevention Magazine and taking uh, more supplements in order to stay healthy. And um, I can say in all the years since then, I've taken one flu shot, and that was a very long time ago. And uh, the goal has been just to build up my uh, my body with my and my wife as well, and uh, not see uh, doctors uh, the way some people do. And then when my parents uh, both uh, got uh, cancer back in the 80s, I said, uh, we know cancer runs in families, and so therefore I wanted to make sure that uh, we were not going to be uh, susceptible to this horrible disease. In addition, my mother-in-law died from cancer in in the um, uh, late 80s as well. So uh, we have a history of cancer in the family, and uh, with a friend of mine who's a long-term naturopath, uh, he's been a uh, long-term friend, he's given me incredible advice over the years, and uh, I just stick with that advice. In fact, uh, when COVID hit in uh, the spring of 2020, which was my last semester teaching at Ramapo College, uh, I invited him, a couple other medical people, some uh, several people from the state legislature on both sides of the aisle, some finance people to talk about the impact of COVID. And um, uh, Dr. Glenn, uh, he just laid out the supplements we should be taking based upon his knowledge of uh, COVID and the, uh, which was brand new at the time, and what you should be doing to build up your respiratory system, your immune system. And we've been taking those supplements ever since. And they say, knock on wood, um, we haven't had any close to the symptoms of, uh, of COVID. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful for him for uh, guiding us. So rather than taking a, uh, an unproven vaccine, we, we use the nature path way to keep our health in optimal uh, condition. Well, we, uh, yeah, this has been my journey. I was raised pharmaceutically and medically and uh, was disastrously not well in my young years and found homeopathic medicine and other forms of natural medicine and applied it in my life. And, and as I said, you know, how many years later is it, if I can do the math from 24 to 58, 7 and 58, 
I'm like, dude, I am so much stronger and healthier than I was even in my 20s. And that defies what they say aging is supposed to be. I mean, if you start out sick, you're not supposed to get healthier, right, as you age, like I did. Much less if you start out healthy, they don't expect you to get healthier. They expect you to, you know, decay and degenerate and die. I think the paradigm, the belief system in the allopathic-dominated Western world is, is plain wrong. Yet they have been exalted to special status, elite status, and they are the ones that we go to, say we, but our government goes to, et cetera, to get advice on things like public health policy which I think is, mm. is, you know, basically a communist plot to collectivize each and every one of us who so are not individuals and we can't respond to our individual needs, but you're treated as a collective mush. Everybody gets the same shot, the same drug, the same treatment. That seems to defy, again, our ind- individual nature. Yeah. There's no question about it. Now, when I started doing a lot of research uh, years ago, uh, the whole concept of uh, treating people like they were interchangeable doesn't make any sense because we're all different biochemically. So if we're all different biochemically, it seems logically that you would treat people based upon their individual needs. And we know the problem in America, I'm going to say several things that uh, will make um, President Biden's head explode, especially Obama's head explode. We are overinsured in this country. Having said that, um, I grew up in the time in America back in the 1950s where your parents would take you to the doctor if you had an illness. He, di- he diagnosed you. Parents paid $5 for the visit, no insurance, no co-pays. If you needed an antibiotic because you had some sort of illness that required an antibiotic, you go to the local pharmacy, you paid a few dollars, no copay, no insurance. And when my father had a major operation in 1961, he was a blue collar worker, blue, Cross, blue shield took care of it. And uh, there was no angst in the family, as I recall, that this was going to bankrupt us and send us into uh, spiral us into a, a death uh, a death mode. Mm-hmm. And so, what's happened, as we know, is that government got more involved in uh, medical care. And I use the term medical care because health is our responsibility. We don't get health care when we go to the doctor; we get medical care because mm-hmm. we're going seeing a medical professional. So, in 1965, we had a revolution in in uh, medical care. We got Medicare and Medicaid, which put the government in charge of medical care for seniors and for low-income uh, people. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, the insurance companies were involved for decades uh, since the Great Depression and before. And so you got the rise of Blue Cross Blue Shield because doctors wanted to get paid during the Great Depression. And so you had that uh, component of medical care in the United States. And so this has grown to where the point where people think that medical care is a right, certainly not in the Bill of Rights, it's certainly not in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution that the federal government is somehow responsible for the medical care of the American people. And so we have this, as you pointed out, this collectivist ideology, this entitlement mentality, this culture of uh, the government knows best, the government has to do for us which we should be doing for ourselves, and that's why we're spending and the number that I, f- I found on the CDC website is as- absolutely frightening. Currently, we're spending more than $4 trillion a year on medical care. Yeah. And of course, I- and I think that number could be reduced by 30%, 40%, maybe even 50% or more if we did a free market model for medical care where mm-hmm. we wouldn't have insurance for every sore throat that we go see the doctor for, that the uh, that we would rely more on naturopathic uh, methods to deal with uh, illnesses mm-hmm. and stay healthy. 
And instead of having the sick care that uh, some people have called the current system, we have a, a system of, of well care, which is what our course is all about. Not so much uh, the actual uh, well care uh, uh, components, but talk about different approaches to getting the proper medical care if you need it. And the whole goal, I think, as a human being should be, you shouldn't see a doctor unless you're in an accident or you have some catastrophic illness, but we know that there are ways of preventing mm -hmm. catastrophic illness. And that's right there on the CDC website. It's all about lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, we have a sedentary lifestyle. We're eating the wrong foods. We're not exercising. We're not hydrating. We're not getting enough fresh air. And when you put all that together, you have people with degenerative diseases in their 30s and 40s and 50s. Now, as you know, the guidelines is that uh, colonoscopy should be done for people over 40 instead of over 50. And when I first got it, because my father had colon cancer, they found polyps and uh, I've been uh, pollen-free polyp-free ever since then because I've used a diet approach yeah. to make sure that I have the proper lifestyle to avoid th these issues. And so the American people need to be educated on basic health and basic physiology because when you're ill, your body's going to send you a message, whether it's a cough, whether it's a pain somewhere. And if you know what your body is telling you, that's when you can see a, a doctor if you need mm -hmm. to or the, the basic point is you've got to eat right. And that's the, one of the problems I think in America, we have too much processed foods. People are eating uh, uh, food stuffs with preservatives and uh, chemicals on, on the label I can't even pronounce. And whenever I see a label like that, I, I, I shy away from it because I don't know what these things are mm -hmm. and uh, how are they affecting your, your neuro, neurologi neurological system, your digestive system, uh, your heart, and all these other uh, parts of your body that they have to be in optimal shape in order to have a decent uh, situation in your senior years because... Um, uh, my wife and I live in an independent living facility, and not because we're uh, immobile or anything like that, but uh, given the circumstances the last uh, couple of years, we decided to do that. And there are people here with walkers and scooters, and uh, uh, many people are overweight. I don't know what their diabetic situation is, but we know diabetes is off the charts. Obesity is off the charts. And this is, and some people will argue this is because of the government uh, food pyramid which has been so wrong for so many decades, mm -hmm. uh, telling us that a low-fat diet is good when we know that we need fats in our diet for our brain. We, we uh, don't need all these artificial um, sweeteners. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of education that needs to go on. And I applaud you for what you're doing. And hopefully the message will get out because this has to be a, a grassroots effort. Yeah. This is not going to happen from Washington or the state capitals. Nope. It's not going to come trickling down from the people that are making a fortune of money off the current system. Mm -hmm. $4 trillion. Can you imagine how much money is being made oh, yeah. by people who want to keep us sick? Well, do you understand now why... Not you, Murray. I know you do, but why they've censored us, why they've deplatformed us. This kind of information yep. is greatly disruptive to their economic boon, uh, which is done artificially in monopoly. And if you know anything about economics and monopoly, you don't get innovation. You don't get things less right. expensive. Uh, in fact, it precipitates uh, a lot of dependency, uh, disease, decay, degeneration, etc. You know, I don't have to say anything with you on the show. I can just step out. You can take over. Love it. I appreciate it. Um, now, if, if someone were to call you an economist, I think they'd be selling you short because of the things you just shared with us, uh, which is I, we're in a, a complete alignment with. My concern, if you're living in that place right now, is like when you start having to depend on them for food later on, the food's probably not going to be organic. 
And it's probably going to be something not ideal like you know it needs to be. So uh, I wish that in those places they en- encompassed as well the knowledge we have of diet nutrition, not just calories. Well, I just met with the chef and the, the uh, director of the dining services, and I laid out all the things that they should be putting in our food. But again, since it's a corporate entity, they have to deal with the, uh, the bureaucracy at the corporate level. But I made uh, a strong case that we should know exactly what's going in the food. And uh, uh, the chef told me that we can, uh, we can request things that not go into the meals that are being prepared. And we only have one meal here a day anyway. And uh, our breakfasts are as healthy as they come with smoothies, with all the good stuff that we put in the smoothies and uh, try to get the good snacks, fruits and vegetables and uh, stay away from things that, as I said, uh, I used to eat as a kid. I mean, yeah. uh, the, all, the, all the sweet stuff that you'd have a kid, you don't really want to touch them now in, in your uh, senior year. Right. But uh, uh, I, I just find appalling what's happening to, in, in medicine today because I just had this conversation with my publisher who published my memoir from, from uh, Immigrant to Public Intellectual American Story. And I said, um, uh, given our, our health concerns here, when you see a doctor right now, you see the doctor maybe for the first visit, then on follow-up visits, you're seeing the PA. And he said, it's the same thing in New England where he lives. It's that the doc, there's a tremendous doctor shortage in the United States and, and the numbers show it's going to get worse and worse over the next several years. And when we moved to Florida uh, three and a half years ago, uh, when I called up to get a, a GP, the wait was three to four months to see a doctor. That's intolerable. How many businesses and be, having a medical practice is a business for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. You have revenue, you have expenses, and you have customers called patients. And so how many businesses uh, tell you you have a three, four-month wait? If you go to a car dealer and you want to get no. your car serviced, they'll give you an appointment within a day or two or three. But when it comes to a doctor's office, it's – and what if you have an, an emergency situation? Then you have to go to the emergency room, and and the cost there is astronomical for an uh, emergency room visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole system is geared to – uh, expensive ways of dealing with uh, medical issues, and there's got to be a better way. And the best way is to stay healthy by doing the things that we all know we should be doing. But unfortunately, it's that message hasn't got through to a vast majority of people. No. I'll give you a, a one factoid. 42% of American adults are obese now. That number is projected to go to 50% by 2030. The ramifications for that is obesity, stroke, heart disease, cancer, and a whole host of other illnesses associated with obesity. And the medical profession, uh, when you see so many people walking around that are 50, 100 pounds weight or more, mm-hmm. uh, 100 pounds of overweight or more, why aren't, they, aren't, why aren't the doctors helping their patients get into a lifestyle that will reduce the pound? No, they want to put so them on another drug called Ozempic, Murray. I mean, that's where the profit is. Yeah. And, you know, to say that you're having to wait two, three or four months to see a doctor, people think, well, isn't it, isn't America a free enterprise system? Isn't it a free market? No, yeah. it's not. The evidence is right there. Yeah. And of course, medical school curricula changed in 1910 with the Flexner Report, and they set up licensing right. boards or bodies to restrict the number of doctors in any given area to monopolize and you know the delivery of what they called healthcare, which as you point out is allopathic medical care. It's not healthcare. In a free market, we would have an abundance of homeopaths and naturopaths and herbalists and all kinds of nutritional support, and you get to decide. And there wouldn't be one exalted over another. 
and you wouldn't have to go through a gatekeeper like a medical doctor to go see somebody else who's not going to poison you. So we have yeah. been corrupted by uh, uh, generations now. We've been programmed into the belief that we have freedom in healthcare when it's not. We have a medical monopoly. And at this point, the, the evidence that it's not working is just look around at the lack of health of most Americans, much less, as you said, the obesity issue and the lack of attention to the food, the quality of the food coming from the medical profession or a dietitian within a hospital setting. If you survive the hospital treatment, will you survive the food? And that's why you've got to bring your own food to a hospital so you won't end up sicker because of it. Uh, my a naturopath friend, uh, I saw him when we were in New Jersey several years ago. He said his head exploded when um, he found out that after uh, chemotherapy, uh, the, the patients were given uh, sugary uh, treats after that. He said that's the worst thing that could happen to a cancer patient because cancer thrives in a sugary sure, environment. Yeah. You feed them. So, uh, so you're wondering what are they learning in a medical school? And my friend said when he let, when he gets invited to uh, speak at, uh, at medical schools, he asked the students how much nutrition uh, teaching they get, and they said uh, maybe one afternoon or one week of uh, of medical of uh, nutritional understanding. When and he pointed out that forty percent of the revenue from uh, from medical schools for medical schools come from the pharmaceutical industry. So of course there's a bias in how how they see, look at illnesses and, uh, and Murray. It's, it's worse is, because the naturopaths that are going into the accredited naturopathic colleges have been swallowed up by the Flexner Report too. When I was invited mm -hmm. to lecture as a homeopath to the gastroenterology uh, segment of the naturopathic school and was it in Portland at the time, the oldest one, I found out. They all prescribe drugs. They all can vaccinate you. I'm like, that's not naturopathy. I was the only one that presented an entire protocol on gut recovery that didn't involve one drug. So even the naturopaths have been corrupt. This is why I, I uh, recommend people look into like Trinity School of Natural Health and IPAC, you know, what James Lyons Weiler is doing, because we need holistic, true holistic body, mind, spirit integrated type uh, uh, healing modalities be brought back. And doctors and nurses that have been trained allopathically are now flocking to these schools to learn the things they didn't learn in medical school or even nursing school. Well, I, I think this is why uh, the, the mass media in this country, the establishment media, uh, they're doing a terrible disservice for, uh, for the American people because most of their revenue, a good portion of their revenue, comes from the pharmaceutical companies in terms of advertising. And so they're not going to have any programs that will criticize the approach or have alternative voices. I mean, people talk about choice, 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 where we hear nothing but choice. But when it comes to real choices regarding your own health care, yeah. we don't find any of that. On, on, you on, you uh, can have any treatment you want in America as long as it's chemotherapy, radiation or surgery. Uh you know, that's that's communism. I mean, it's like any color car you want, as long as it's black, no choice. Well, this is why uh, we're doing this course, because we want to enlighten folks about what's going on in America, how it came about and what are the alternatives there? The one thing that I, I, I found out in the, my research in the two books I wrote on medical care is there is a lot of medical entrepreneurship going on. People are saying, OK, here's the current system. How can we navigate the current system to provide the best possible medical care at, at, at a reasonable price so people are not bankrupted? So you have the direct primary care, you have the, me the medical sharing uh, concept, uh, you have other approaches that are taking place all over the country. And I just heard a presentation by a gentleman who uh, 
wrote for Forbes a piece on direct primary care, and he's working with CEOs to, to make sure that they know what's available because they don't know what's available because that's not what they do is to find out what the, the medical uh, protocols that are out there that are alternative mm-hmm. to the uh, high-priced insurance that we have in America today. And of mm-hmm. course, when you co- combine inflation, monetary policy of the Federal Reserve with regulations, with uh, a blackout of alternative uh, approaches to uh, healthcare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is why it's $4 trillion a year. And if we could get that number down by 30, 40, 50% or more, that would be an incredible outpouring of prosperity in America that we haven't seen in decades, because that money could be used for for building factories, uh, right. companies could have more money. Pe- people can get uh, bonuses. They ha- could have money for colleges, for other things, for their employees. So there are ways of dealing with uh, uh, medical care that don't involve this very expensive way that we have today. And like I said, growing up in the 1950s and 60s, medical care was not an issue. And we were healthier than we are today. We were active. Um, even though the food may not be as good as it should have been. But the point is, uh, today, uh, I've never seen so many obese children in my life, and young mm-hmm. people especially. Mm-hmm. When I was an undergraduate uh, in the 1960s, I you rarely saw an obese college student. And today, because of the sedentary lifestyle and other th- factors, uh, o- obesity among young adults is, is just remarkable, and yeah, you just wonder what their life expectancy will be if they if they're diabetic or pre-diabetic in their twenties. I'm looking for another a way to go. I mean, there's a long haul to try and get things changed at the federal level. Even though you know I'm supporting my friend Jonathan Emore to run for the United States Senate, he's beaten the FDA back a world record eight times in court. Yet found that the FDA thumbs its nose at even court orders. To, to promote, you know, that you should allow for freedom of information, scientific information, yeah. otherwise on dietary supplements, for instance. Also looking at the 10th Amendment saying, hey, when is one state, just one, going to say, you feds, you stay out of here. We are declaring ourselves a health and medical freedom state, and we're going to allow all of these various methods to compete in a free market of ideas. And watch what happens as you described it. In one state where we now have people leaving this country for medical tourism purposes to get care elsewhere that they're not allowed to get here or it's 10 times as much. Imagine what would happen if one state declared itself free of the prohibitions of the federal government unconstitutionally that they you know, prohibit. Uh, and then we would have an example. Right. Does that seem like any state is on the horizon. I mean, we've seen some pushback from Ron DeSantis in Florida on some of the COVID policies with his Surgeon General uh, 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 Latipo. Uh, looks interesting. We're going to have him on on Friday again. But I'm oh, thinking sure. of the things you guys are going to discuss in this uh, IPAC of, uh, course. is going to be great. Well, I think one of the keys, I think, in any area of the economy, especially medical care, is transparency. I mean, one of the things that that is happening is that uh, organizations like the Surgery Center of Oklahoma that Keith Smith put together, the prices are all on the website. Uh, Wouldn't it be great if every doctor had their price on the website that we can go shopping? There's Medibid, which is sort of like the eBay of medical care. In other words, there are people saying, hey, we have this medical care system that is so expensive that the average person can't afford it. And um, I spoke to a direct primary care physician when I was uh, when I was researching my first book uh, in Southwest Florida, and she had a patient with no medical insurance, 
uh, he needed an operation and the local hospital quoted him $20,000 for the operation. So she said to him, you got to call the surgery center of Oklahoma and see what they would charge. He called up and the operation, transportation, the hotel stay, everything was $5,000. Now for the a, a typical person, if you've saved money in a in an account that you're using for medical care, and we should expand health savings accounts where everyone should have them, sort of a, a medical account like an IRA or a 401k, that would solve a lot of the problems of financing. And then, of course, what do we do about uh, uh, poor people who don't have access to medical care because they don't have enough resources. Well, I'm a founding trustee of a nonprofit health center in Bergen County, New Jersey, and um, it's based upon volunteers in medicine. It's donations. Doctors are providing their, their services for free. There's a paid staff at the one that I uh, helped found. And this is the way to get rid of the $800 billion Medicaid uh, bill of the american people so if bill gates and warren buffett and all and michael bloomberg with their tens of billions of dollars are interested in solving a problem for america they would help build out all these uh, nonprofit medical centers around the country and we would solve one quick problem yeah. uh, that would benefit the american people to the tune of 800 billion dollars a year absolutely murray appreciate you so much by the way we have the link to the course that's uh, starting now basically this month the economy the Economics of Healthcare and Wellness, focus on transformative solutions. Uh, this is a 15-week course, and if even if you miss the first one, you'll have it to record it. I know that's how Dr. Jack works at, at IPAC, ipac-edu.org. It's linked up in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com. Also, Anthony Samaroff is, is working with Murray and James Lyons-Weiler on this one. Also, you have your own personal website, murraysaberin.com, and uh, you have your book there, From Immigrant to Public Intellectual, An American Story which <clears throat> sounds fascinating as well. Well, thank you, Robert. Uh, it's my journey starting in 1949 when I came to America as a two and a half year old. My parents were the only ones who uh, survived the Holocaust. And it's uh, my journey mm -hmm. from um, uh, a youngster in, in uh, New York City uh, to, uh, to becoming a college professor in 1985 and everything in between. And then uh, the, uh, the memoir ends when I was the uh, Libertarian Party candidate for governor in 1997 and was the first third party candidate to raise enough funds to get the matching from the state uh, program. And then I debated Governor Whitman and Jim McGreevy, who then became governor four years later. And uh, the moral of the story is you don't have to win elections to affect public policy because some of the things I proposed were enacted uh, soon after the election or McGreevy with automobile insurance deregulation. So uh, you don't have to win. And the Socialist Party uh, in America certainly demonstrated that. If you look at the 1912 platform, Robert, mm -hmm. virtually everything's been enacted and there's never oh, yeah. been an official Socialist Party uh, uh, president in the United States. I want to recommend this book to you, Murray, if you haven't read it. This is my friend Jonathan Emord, The Authoritarians. This is a book about yeah. progressivism from the 19th century to today. Their assault on individual liberty, the Constitution, and free enterprise uh, and this is a phenomenal book, and you'll appreciate this, and I think you'll really enjoy if you haven't met or know about Jonathan Emord running for the U.S. Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine and why he is definitely worthy of our support. But to your point as well, those that haven't won, like Ron Paul, didn't win the presidency, but boy, did he impact a lot of us uh, in his journey, much like you did in, in uh, New York as well and, and uh, all that you've been doing. So I, you know, I'm just... Uh, I was so appreciative of your journey and your willingness to speak out and not stop. You know, at a certain point, people say, well, aren't you retiring? It's like, why would I retire? You know, you're here 
until your last dying breath to help people in, in the way I think you know you want to help people. Well, I also feel uh, as, a, as an immigrant who took an oath in 1959 when I became a U.S. citizen to uphold the Constitution, I can say with all sincerity and without being uh, boastful, I think I've done my part to uphold the Constitution. I can't say the same thing for presidents, members of Congress, and the Supreme Court over the last uh, 75 years since uh, uh, I came to America. 70, uh, actually, yeah, 75 years. Wow. This year is the 75th anniversary of our coming to America. So, wow. uh, uh, and, and the 65th anniversary of becoming a U.S. citizen. So the American people don't know their Constitution uh, because Article One, Section 8 lays out the responsibilities of the federal government then you look at the federal budget, Robert, and there's a real disconnect oh between what the, federal, what the Constitution authorizes the government to do mm. and what the government actually does. And that's the mission I'm on with my Substack column is how to restore the republic and get rid of this welfare warfare state, which is bankrupting us. You got that right. Amen, Brother Murray. God bless you. I'm so grateful to connect with you finally and have you on the show. Uh, you are, of course, welcome anytime here. And I'm grateful that you're working with my friend, Dr. Jack at IPAC on this uh, on this course, which I think is very important as well. And I look forward to learning more about it and what you're doing. So um, any other books you're working on? Should, should we know about sneak previews? Well, I would love to write a novel, a historical uh, novel based upon my experience and my parents' experience. Uh, I, I don't know if I, I will do that, but it would be a great book, I think, because uh, of everything I learned the past 75 years, what, what uh, America could have been and what this uh, protagonist, uh, which would be based upon uh, sort of my background and um, and just talk about where we've gone astray. Uh, last night, I was, uh, well, several weeks ago, I was invited to participate in the Martin Luther King celebration here in, um, in, our, uh, in our development. And I said, one of his legacies, um, which is virtually ignored by the establishment, is his anti-war position uh, during the Vietnam War. And I talked about his April 4th, 1967, um, speech that he gave at the Riverside Church in Manhattan, which was attended by more than 3,000 people. And as I'm reading this, this speech, I'm saying, this sounds awfully familiar from what I've been I've read over the past 50 years. And sure enough, I went back and I have a list uh, a, a pages of quotation on my laptop. And I said, here are the quotations from my laptop that's that correlate beautifully with what Martin Luther King said about war. It's a racket mm -hmm. uh, that Smedley Butler right. talked about in his uh, yeah. pamphlet, War is a Racket. Then I have a quote from uh, John Quincy Adams, America doesn't go to overseas to destroy monsters. And a quote from Daniel Webster about not being, not, we shouldn't be, able, we shouldn't, and try to enforce democracy on other uh, peoples around the world. Then of course, Howard Buffett, the father of Warren Buffett, Get, uh, made a wonderful statement that we can't export our uh, Christian ideals around the world. And then there's a quote from um, uh, Gandhi about uh, the destruction that war, that it creates orphans and, and widows. And, and then the, I got to read you this one quote. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is a magnificent quote from a French philosopher. Can anything be stupider than that a man has the right to kill me because he lives on the other side of a river and his ruler has a quarrel with mine? though I have not quarreled with him. This is the essence of the stupidity of war and why it causes so much death and destruction. In the 1960s, when the Vietnam War was going strong, there was a talk show host uh, on the local New York City station called Alan Burke. 
and one uh, Saturday evening he had a show saying, wouldn't it be great if LBJ and Ho Chi Minh got in the ring together and duked it out and left the rest of us out, out of the Vietnam War? That was a brilliant statement. And I wish somebody in Congress would say, let Zelensky and Putin get in the ring and settle their Figure differences out. Yeah. and get us out of, out of that quagmire yeah. in um, well, in, uh, and, Ukraine. and I've talked many times about my mom, who's going to turn 90 this month. She immigrated from uh, uh, Israel to America, and she has a book. If you want to, anybody wants to give mom a gift, buy her book, uh, her autobiography, A Life of Many Colors from Israel to America. Uh, and Super Don, you got that. You can put that up for everybody to see. She's turning 90 on January 29th of uh, of this year. There it is. And uh, Oh, that's a great cover. Yeah. She's also an immigrant uh, as well, uh, come to America, uh, married my dad at the time, who's who's long since passed from this place, uh, um, you know, from Brooklyn and far Rockaway, New York and all that. So there's a lot of history there. You want to learn about, uh, life of many colors, the Kindle editions only like what I think six ninety nine or something. So anyway, uh, Murray, again, the history you've seen as well, coming from a, a, another place to America and growing up and being, uh, I believe really closer to the heart of the principles that, that founded us, uh, and your willingness to stand up and speak out on that. God bless you, sir. I'm so appreciative of you and, and, you know, looking forward to learning more from you as well at IPAC. Thank you so much, Rob. It's been a, cr a pleasure, a great uh, conversation. And I hope we continue this over the years because uh, we have a lot of work to do to get America back to that Republic that the founders uh, do. gave us. and we, we squandered it for the past 200 years. Yeah, we do. And we got to first get healthy so we can see clearly, then act on the information that we now know is not propaganda. Once you connect with people like Murray Sabrin, thank you. God bless you, my friend. We'll look forward to meeting you again, either here or out there somewhere. Thank you, Robert. Look forward to All it. All right, Murray. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. And it's great to know we're not alone. You're not alone. I'm not alone. There are a lot of folks waking up to this reality. Some never went to sleep on it. Uh, and some have been awake in certain areas and then began to apply those principles in the area arena that we love to dwell in, so to speak, or speak about health and healing. Uh, so thank you, Murray, uh, for all that you're doing in that regard. Now we have uh, other questions and comments coming in. Uh, those of you in the chat room, if you have something, uh, Super Don might be able to look your way and figure it out. Uh, in addition to, uh, let's see, we already did the homeopathic hit of the day. I think it's the questions of the day we got a lot to cover, as well as FDA apparently might consider reclassifying cannabis as a less dangerous substance. Dude, you know, they they approve of the things that are killing Americans, maybe the third for second or first leading cause of death. And they're still going on cannabis going, oh, yeah, that's the danger. Really? The plant God created. You can eat it and uh, you can utilize it as medicine. Of course, you can abuse anything, too. Uh, but it is not the role of the federal government to tell me how or what to do in that regard, because they don't even know. They know less than most. So uh, questions today, Super Don, you open up your mic. Everything OK? I just want to make sure you've had to be Grandpa Super Don today. <laughs> Keeping up with everything. Yeah, my son's here just temporarily, just took okay. over. So, <clears throat> all right, give, give me a relief of spell for just hey. a moment. Yeah, I probably got another, <laughs> another, another 10, 10 minutes of uh, respite here. So, all right. Well, Murray was great. I really enjoyed him. I knew I would because I've watched him over the years. And yep. uh, Sutra uh, Bhakti was something else out of Germany, coming from Thailand originally. Dude, that, you know what? For all the people that criticize you about talking too much, yeah. I did not. I, I stayed quiet. They, they, they need to give you kudos for, uh, <laughs> in fact, it made me nervous. I kept checking to see if you were still connected. Cause I'm, I'm just like, 
Is is he still there? I mean, yeah, I wanted he hasn't to said anything. It could be done. I could stay quiet because that was that listen, was like a record. I think what he yeah what he's bringing is very important information, <laughs> and in a way, and in a, and through a, a soul who's incarnated in this time in this lifetime in that body now in Germany, I thought it was very important to hear all that he had to say. So um, anyway, yes, I was here the whole time listening. Yes, yes. So okay, there, there you go. All right. Anyway, all right. shout out to uh, Tia who's in the audience. Mom's in the audience too. Yep. And Tia's heading to Mexico. I think she's going down to to uh, uh, bro, what's a uh, Bros uh, Derek Bros. Oh yeah, yeah he's hosting yeah. A, a big thing in Mexico, which I'd like to go to. He's one the year, uh, the Parallel Society guy. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's going on in Mexico. She's heading there, and of course, the next steps. You guys sign up, please join us there in the Atlanta area, uh, the 14th through 17th of March. So uh, go ahead and put up the questions of the day if you don't mind, because we had a couple of come in. Uh, do I do Paula? Yeah, Paula's we'll start. Easy one. Paula's easy. Okay. Yeah. How do we register for the family reunion 2024? The RSB family reunion that's being hosted by Leslie and uh, Leslie was my Sunday conversation. So if you missed the Sunday broadcast, you can listen to that. We talked a bit about it, but in the upcoming events tab, Super Don has it. Do you not? I, I think it's there. It is in the upcoming events. So you can, yeah. you can go there um, and, and you can that. click on the banner or yeah. if you want. Uh, if you can, if, if you're into do the QR code thing, mm-hmm. um, I've got up on the screen right now, you can just click on the, uh, or you can scan the, uh, QR code, which okay. I think with the, the phones, you don't even have to have like anything special. You just open up your camera. Right. And, uh, and, and eventually it, you just click on the link that pops up. So right, yeah, right. you can get there. So that's how that is. But otherwise, uh, upcoming events, you'll find it on that page. That is easy to do. All right. Uh, let's see. Question right. of the day Back that came in right to... before we went to air is from Bala. We haven't heard from Bala in a long time. I always cherish and appreciate Bala. He always brings it. And he's also very funny. I don't know if it's funny or not because I'm going to read it right now. <laughs> it says, <laughs> Hi, Robert. This is with reference to the interesting discussion you had with Dr. Michael Nels uh, in the RSB show on the 15th of January. That was yesterday's show. We're on the yep. 16th as this is airing live. As an expert in homeopathy at 137. 40, you eloquently highlighted the principles of the law of the minimum dose used in homeopathy. But the response from Dr. Nels was a bit disconcerting to me. He called the law of the minimum dose used in homeopathy as a delusion by certain factors. Okay, I, I, I'm not sure it was delusion. I thought he said dilution. Dilution, maybe. So, I, I mean, I might have heard it differently than Bala, but I know that he there was an echo, I think, coming back on his audio, too, that made it difficult mm. for me. To, to maybe know that what he said. But anyway, Bala continues. He says, theoretically, he seems to be right. You cannot keep on diluting and expect the potency to increase indefinitely. But I would like to know what you have to say on the matter. Bala. Okay, so Bala, let's let's say it was a delusion. I'll bet you I can answer that question. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Super D. I'll bet you I can answer that question. It's not it's not about the the substance mm-hmm. uh still being present in the homeopathic remedy it's about the energy the signature yeah of that uh substance the essence if you will yeah that uh then is captured uh in whatever the the medium is that it's in whether it's you know water alcohol you know look at doctor of homeopathy super don go i love it so it's it's an energy thing yeah and so if if you don't believe in energy stuff then homeopathy is not for you i mean it's just that because that's what it's about and this is the reason why you'll have Hmm people you know that will criticize it because that's just like yeah it's like it's like out there to them that's that's just right 
gibberish. Well, I, I would say to Bala, of course, we know it's not delusion, it's dilution. Right, right. <laughs> and also, it's succussion. It's serial dilution and succussion, which the process is also known as dynamization. Dynamization. And so uh, in response to it, and, and, you know, the reason why I didn't push back in the interview, it wasn't the basis of the interview in that moment to, to educate or inform or even, uh, I don't know, uh, try to convince uh, that doctor of homeopathy's benefits. It was just, a you know, a discussion point wanting clarity on his statement about minimal dose or, you know, that was it. That's why I brought it up. So he was somewhat aware of homeopathy. I don't think he was ignorant of it, but whether he said delusion or dilution, I'd have to go back and hear it to see. But su suffice it to say, my response would be, it's not just about dilution. It's about succussion. Because you can dilute something to the point of non-toxicity, but it doesn't necessarily make it a remedy. But if you alter it by imparting that information of the essence of its physical nature and properties into an energetic form through succussion, right? We dilute and succuss, we shake. That's the difference maker in homeopathy. That's why it's more than delusion and dilution alone. Uh, and I would say it's not delusion, but uh, that's my humble opinion in my experience with homeopathy. So Bala, it's great to hear from you, my friend. Anytime you want to chime in and clarify something or ask for clarification, I'm always grateful for your input, insight, and your questions. All right, Super D, are there any, uh, I think you got a grandbaby in your arms. Is there anything on Rumble we should know about too? Look at that. <laughs> All quiet on Rumble. Okay, Rumble's quiet today. Yes. Uh, we had some nice comments from the audience. Uh, let's see, from Doni, if I said that right. Uh, Sutra Bhakti is brilliant. Warned everybody pre-RNA RNA gene transfer injection dangerous. Uh, let's see. Lori says thank you to Murray Sabrin, who was great. Mom liked Murray as well. Thanks, Mom. I thought he was terrific. And uh, let's see if there's anything over at Robert Scott Bell in our chat room there at robertscottbell.com slash listen. Uh, let's see. Well, I did post the... Uh, key to elite performance webinar for Friday. Just want to remind you all, uh, that's going to be a great webinar. And that's seven o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time after the show on uh, Friday. And uh, the key to elite performance, and that's uh, John Hewlett, Jason Hewlett, and uh, PGA star, if you will. I mean, he's, a, he's an amazing guy too. I've met him many times and uh, his name is Keith Clearwater. And he's going to be joining us and we're going to talk about peak performance, key performance for elite performance and what to do. And that includes what? Cardio miracle. Did you, did I get, did I send you that picture with two of the, uh, uh, what do I call them? The, uh, the women of the, of the gym I go to <laughs> their characters. Look at that. And the trainer. I mean, they were all just getting crazy this morning, uh, having a good time working out, but there's the cardio miracle hat I'm wearing and they all know. And uh, anyway, just shout out to them. Thanks for their enthusiastic support as well of this show and uh, the workout routine. So Cardio Miracle is a big part of my uh, fitness routine, along with the um, super creatine that I get from Nutritional Frontiers. Or the, the, the two of them together are just an absolute powerhouse for fitness and, and uh, the building of uh, lean muscle mass as well. Just been an amazing journey for me to learn about these things that I didn't know about even some years ago. And I'm just excited to share about these things that work for me and maybe they'll work for you. Chances are they will because they're rooted in sound principle, good nutrition, et cetera. 
Uh, let's see, as we're wrapping up the show today, uh, we've got a bonus round scheduled, I believe. Let's see if did we miss anything. Oh, yeah, the, the last thing I, brief, I briefly mentioned uh, was about FDA supporting reclassifying cannabis. I hate that they still use the slang term marijuana as a less risky drug. I mean, look, whether you like cannabis plant, approve of it, use it or don't, it is arguably, or maybe even beyond argument, if you talk about quote-unquote illicit drugs, much less FDA-approved drugs, one of the safest, let's say, substances from a, a plant on planet Earth, you can t do too much. You can get psychosis. You can get nauseous. Human, human get, nature is to yeah. overdo everything, right? Of course. That's the way I was. I was all gas, no brakes. I right. mean, that's how I was. And so you look at what's going on today uh, with the the kids that yeah. are, are doing, you know, it's like, like the stuff that, that we had when we were teenagers uh, mm -hmm. times a thousand. So it's, it, it's, and it's, it is creating problems. It just makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but hey, listen, I, the, the one thing I, th I thought was the interesting takeaway here, cause I was curious, what do you mean you're going to make it, you know, you're going to reschedule it. Yeah. It looks like they may finally do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're going to change it to a schedule three, which would be on the same level as Tylenol with codeine. Right. And it's so, safer. It's safer than Tylenol with codeine. Yeah, it I'm is. I'm just going to say that right now. It uh, is. But yeah, suffice it to say, if you overdose on this cannabis plant, you typically don't die. You feel miserable, uh, but you metabolize it, you process, you get over it. Now, if you overdose on a real opiate drug, no. dead death is on the way. So uh, this is not an endorsement of abusing any substance. That's not what we're all about here. But clearly, the cannabis plant has been more helpful and nutritious than it is harmful. And yes, there are always going to be people that abuse it recreationally or whatever, but that is their freedom to do it if they're adults, uh, as long as they're not under the influence, you know what I mean, when they're operating heavy machinery and endangering others. So uh, with that, let's take a pause and we'll see what's going on with the bonus round. If you guys have questions or comments about anything, uh, we don't stick around just to hear our voices. If you got something to bring, bring it and we'll hang out for a little bit longer. Thank you all for being here. Please share the show, sign up for the newsletter. And we'll look forward to seeing you at many of these upcoming events. And please say thanks to those sponsors that make this message of health, freedom, and healing. Well, healing freedom. It's, yeah, it's long since lost, but I think, uh, uh, you know, we get together like this, we're going to regain it little by little, but we'll do it. And I thank you for being here. The power to heal is still yours. Dude, you ever done drifting in a car like that? Never. Oh, so much fun. Oh, I've, I've not done it around tracks, but look, I've done, you know, with back in the day, rear wheel drive, positive traction. You could take corners like that and just, man, yeah. uh, don't, I'm not advocating street racing, by the way, kids, but yeah, that's fun. That is fun. Burn up them tires fast though. And tires become so darn expensive. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. That's a given. I think yeah. with those guys, they know that, but they, yeah. uh, man, I mean, uh, some of that stuff is just incredible. The kind of corners that they can take. And mm -hmm. so, well, and you know, if, if you've watched any of the, the fast and the furious, uh, uh, movies, mm -hmm. I stopped, I think after like the second one, right. <laughs> it's like fast and the furious 27. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there's one called Tokyo drift, uh, yeah. where it's, it was about drifting. It was just insane to see what, what some of these drivers can do with these cars and, and, take turns and get into places where you normally they would not be able to mm -hmm. maneuver and they can, they just do it just right. They know how to drift just right that they don't uh, 
fall yeah. off the cliff and stuff. So anyway. All right. Well, I got a question Each that stuff. came in. Okay. Apparently we missed it. This but, is a long one here. It looks like, in yeah. fact, it looks like it's even too long for the, uh, yeah, that's right. I got the beginnings and I can read the it. rest okay. in it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Pulled muscles, strained muscles, mid back. This is what I did, uh, shoveling snow the other day. Uh, but I recovered in less than 24 hours and went back to the gym. Uh, mine was probably not as severe as yours. Uh, say lifts, leg lifts, doing leg lifts, exercises in bed, left rib area, very painful on and after movement. Using Arnica, Rustox, Hypericum, Ruta, uh, excellent choices and remedies. 200C, several times a day. Right, now, you know, this is the controversy about uh, homeopaths. No, we'll never agree on potency. It's like, what's the right potency? I tend to do the lower potencies more frequently than the higher potencies less frequently uh, because it's a very physically focused injury. Unless you, you suspect the deep-seated chronicity associated with this, then maybe appropriate to go up there. Let's see. Plus, uh, pain relief. I'm going to read beyond what's on the screen here. Uh, let's see. Uh, with C CBD and THC, order DMSO for today. Some pain relief. Any more homeopathics or other advice, please? Well, you know, we don't do advice on the show. It's just education information. And I know you take it in that spirit. Uh, the transdermal CBD, and I know that's why you get the DMSO, because if you have a topical agent, it typically is not getting much below the skin surface, but the transdermal delivery that they have with Nutritional Frontiers topical is incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, I would say that that could be something you could use without DMSO if you can get that and use the code RSB15 if you haven't already tried that. Another thing to do is this, copper. You, you you can't imagine how much we miss that one element, that one mineral or metal in managing inflammation and regenerative processes post-injury. And I would be doing a tablespoon probably six times in a day uh, to go through that initial phase of injury. For instance, if that lingered for me, the injury I just had, it was a minor injury, snow shoveling, I probably would have been doing more copper, you know, but, you know, maintenance might be a tablespoon a day. But in this case, one of the things missing, I believe, is that copper for regeneration, because, again, it manages zinc for regeneration as well and reduces inflammation, the source of a lot of that pain to get you over that much quicker. So I would say you're on the right track. Nothing really wrong or bad about what you're doing, uh, but any other uh, topical botanical agents um, you know, driving them below the surface to the area in need with, I guess, DMSO, if you're going to do that, or if you can get the transdermal uh, CBD product uh, from Nutritional Frontiers, that would be amazing. That would be really helpful. So stay in touch with me, see how, see how you recover. And no, no harm in going to a 10X, 12X, 30X, 30C as well of those same remedies to hit different aspects of the injury and its recovery. Very good. Let's see. What else we got? What else we got? Any other questions? Any other comments? Getting quiet. So as I said, Super Don is being Grandpa Super Don, so I don't want to have him have to hang out longer than he needs to today. But if you have anything that we've forgotten to cover, how is that little one doing? You say she's into everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I stopped, you know, uh, looking at her for more than 10 seconds and she's, you know. What about that dollhouse behind <clears throat> you? Do you still have that? I do, and she's played with it off and okay. on. Um, but, but you know, I mean, uh, short attention span. So, gotcha. You know, <laughs> on to bigger and better things. So, okay. Well, let's look at uh, upcoming uh, shows this week. Okay. We just had um, 
Dr. Suturet Bhakti and Murray Sabrin. Anthony could not show up. I don't know what happened. He wasn't able to schedule it in. Uh, tomorrow, looks like we got Wednesday, Erica Eskew oh. from, our, what's this, Hooligan's Grill? I got to learn about this backstory. This sounds interesting. Hooligan's Grill. Now, I, just, I would just go eat there because of the name. I like yeah. It. That's great. Locally sourced from scratch, fresh, not franchise food with handcrafted cocktails. What is this? There you go. Where is that? And that's that was linked up to the, the this woman that's going to be on the show tomorrow. They are in Michigan. Adrian, Michigan. Adrian, Michigan. Yo, Adrian. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I'm sure there's there's uh, more. There's got to be a the backstory there. Right. She probably she probably stood against mandates and shutdowns and things. I guess we'll learn about that. Uh, that's one of the guests for tomorrow. I don't know if there's a second uh, guest or not. We haven't heard no, I think we've got an open hour, which which I uh, which I can and get I can uh, I can get with. So uh, we'll Sorry. it'll be you, me, and okay, we have and, a good time uh, together. And then yeah. on Thursday, along with Jonathan E. Mord, who may be doing double duty on other interviews that day as well, Anthony Aguero, uh, Aguero for Texas. I guess he's running for office somewhere in Texas. Learn about him on Thursday, and then rescheduled Dr. Joseph Latipo. And he is from Florida. He is a Surgeon General. Great guy. We've interviewed his wife as well. I like him a lot. And then Michael Bolden, the return of Michael Bolden. Woo-hoo. Yeah, 10th Amendment Center. And then we've got the webinar on elite health or, or performance, uh, you know, high performance in athletics uh, after the show. And let's see. Next week, we got, is that homeopath Kate Birch? Well, oh, we got a lot going on. A lot of guests coming on. Kevin and Heather Henning from Trinity. Some really good stuff coming up. Then we've got mom's birthday, the end of the month. Her birthday officially is the 29th. We'll be celebrating on the 28th. If anybody's in Atlanta area wants to connect, let me know. And gee, what Speaking else? of birthday, we just found out, I think you saw the email that I forwarded to you, uh, coming up on the 20th would have been uh, Dr. Batar's birthday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Gosh, darn it. Dr. Batar. Is there like a special event? Uh, um, It looks like, let's see here. Um, on the 20th, uh, Jim Garrigus, who we've had on the show, yeah, uh, is going to be hosting, uh, looks like a meditation mm-hmm. on his birthday. Um, and so it looks like, like EST at 11 a.m. So they can match up to the 1111 number, but Dr. Rattar loved that. Right. And let's see. So how is it? There's a zoom link. Yep. So, all right, so we can we can let everybody know about that somehow in the upcoming. I'll send out. I'll I'll put together an email and send it out to the list. Okay, yeah. Do you can do a combination thing with everything else going on? Little yeah. reminders. And by so the way, those of you that have been like, "Where's the newsletter?" I, I apologize. Uh, it's been just with with everything going on and all the new stuff with the show and everything like that. Um, I'm working on that and and thinking about doing it maybe a little bit different format for that. So I'm kind of uh, putting that together. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we'll be able to put out. Uh, it'll be easier to put out, uh, take less time, okay, but be uh, just as informative. So um, just stay tuned. All right. Working on that. Hopefully I can get that configured by the end of the week. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. Any y'all, any questions, comments, uh, speaking trends? One last question here. Light, light wave. I think it's life wave stem cell patches. Uh, Yeah, I have friends that use it and swear by it. And, you know, just as with anything, we tried them. My wife tried them. It didn't do much. 
And I'm like, this is not an endorsement nor a, a ding on them. It's just the reality. Everybody's different. Some people just, man, it sends them to the moon and back in a good way. So I, I just, it's like anything. What are you doing? I, I didn't have the experience that they would have wanted me to have because I think it's multi-level marketed. But hey, if it works, who cares? Uh, but you could try it and see. Uh, so I don't have anything bad to say about it. I just, I don't know. This is another one of those things where uh, it it's it's working on on um, theories and 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 modalities that are outside of the, I guess what people would call uh, mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the idea of, the, of these things that people put stickers on themselves and stuff like that. You know, ha- coming coming from a a history of being skeptical about things. Yeah, my initial reaction is like, here I put this on my head. Oh, I feel better now, you know. Um, but you know, look, I mean, f- there are people that use them, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, they go, hey, you know, this this worked for me. So, you know, Diana actually asked the question, then says, could be pl- well, placebo. yeah, placebo. Yeah, um, and yeah, you know what? It could be placebo, mm-hmm. but if it works, is it? Does it matter? Right. right. If you're a skeptic, yeah, it does matter. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to beat you with the, the science stick until you agree with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think to the average person, they should just not care. Yeah. You know, I mean, let people do whatever it is that they want to do as long as they're not hurting somebody else. Exactly. You know, um, it doesn't matter. So anyway, there you go. That, that's my, my moment of Zen for the day. Yeah. Very good. All right. Uh, yep. So all quiet on Rumble. Looks like we're caught up here. Okay. On Facebook. What about over at uh, robertscottbell.com? Been quiet in the chat room for the most quiet part. Let's see there. if there's anything else going on there. Nope, we're all good. Okay. So if y'all would like to, we'd love to see you back here tomorrow at the same time. For those of you that listen later on the podcast, you're, you're equally welcome and appreciated. And remember the next AMA for on Zoom where we get to see one another for our patron crowd. Um, family, that's the 24th of January, a Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And you also, uh, once a week, I think it is, you've patterned now into updating the homeopathic hits and the detox dialogues as video clips. Yeah, I'm behind so, still because I I have not, I've been so busy. Yeah. And then I had the, the one day that I set aside to do that was the day I didn't have internet the entire day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I still got to get caught up on that. Hopefully Jeez. I can do that this afternoon. Okay, I'll get out of your way, my brother. No worries. So, no worries. Yeah. So thanks for being here. Uh, it was pretty two pretty cool guests today, I thought. Yeah. And I hope you enjoyed it. Absolutely. All right, guys and gals. Mm-hmm. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, back tomorrow with more of, of uh, what's going on in the world and you and your questions and comments. And uh, you guys have a good afternoon. We'll see you then. <laughs>